Brett Ryan, Pastor Brett Ryan. Extraordinary. Yeah. Our staff resident expert, expert and on staff. soul care director. Well, not not, not only is he the Are whitest the- staff <laughs> member we have. Expert on staff. Yeah. Staff, yeah, it's going to be great. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Debrief, a weekly Q&A show from your friends here at Sandals Church. I am your friendly host, Justin Pardee, sitting across the table from Stephanie Schaefer. Of course, we got PMB, the Pastor Matt Brown here. Yes. And we got a special guest hanging right out over here. Welcome to the show. We've got Pastor, oh my gosh, Pastor Uh, Brett Ryan, our resident expert and soul care director here at Sandals Church. The whitest man on staff. Whitest man on staff. Yes. Hello, everybody. Brett Ryan extraordinaire. We're glad to have you here. Yeah. We're really glad. So here on the debrief, the reason Pastor Brett Ryan is here is we are going to be talking about baggage for the next few weeks. And um, he's got a lot. I got a lot. That's true. Yep. He helps issues. us deal collectively with our baggage, but watch this because you're so smart. Boom. Oh, shit. Oh. YouTube listeners, what you can't see right now is that Pastor Matt Brown just put on some glasses. And now I'm the realizing. The YouTube listeners can see it. Our podcast listeners. Them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Audio listeners. You've yet to watch us on YouTube. You should check it out. Seriously, okay. I think my IQ goes up at like 21 points. Oh, for sure. I my respect for you does as Thank well. You. So, which is already maxed out. So, Thank you. yeah. Yeah, I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> Well, anyway, we are talking about baggage over the next few weeks. Today, we are talking about relational baggage, which we got a lot of really great questions on that we're going to jump yes. into, including one of our most popular questions on the show, which we'll jump into at the Whoa. very end there. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about anger next week, and then we're going to wrap it up with guilt and shame. So Pastor Brett Ryan will be with us for that, as he's got a lot of education mm-hmm. in this area. If you've got questions on those, we would love to get those in. You can send those in at debrief.show or send us a message on Facebook. We would love to get your questions onto the show. So let's jump on into things, huh? So Pastor Brett, we would love just to get your insight, even kicking off things on why maybe relational baggage. Pastor Matt, you talked this weekend a lot about how we carry that with us, mm. even psychologically, how that can affect us. So I'd love to hear you know, some thoughts on that as we kind of jump yes, in the show. Yes, let the, the therapy stage. session begin. Yeah, here why we go. Why does this matter so much? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I think one of the biggest things is that, and Pastor Matt talks about this a lot, is that we were made for relationships. Mm-hmm. Relationships is how God relates to us. It's how he relates to himself. It's mm-hmm. how we relate to each other. So um, within that, you know, the myth is that, and especially in American culture, we need to be independent. Um, but the reality is our relational side of our brain, our social side of our brain, when we're little kiddos, that actually rapidly develops quicker than our logical side and our understanding side. And so even as a little kid, um, a lot of times people experience this social understanding, this relational understanding without even being able to logically know what it's about and be able to frame it in the right Mm. understanding. So for instance, when you have a kiddo um, whose dad is always yelling at him and always mad at him, he doesn't have that part of his brain developed to where he can go, dad's just had a hard day and he's just kind of a mean guy. Mm -hmm. Little kiddo goes, there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. There's something that I'm doing wrong. And then he carries that for the rest of his life Mm -hmm. until someone's able to walk with him and he's able to engage the Lord in that. So for kids, that's where a lot of us get those relational wounds. And we don't always understand them because when we were kids, we had no way of understanding them. So we just think growing up, I'm just messed up. I'm just a loser. I'm just a failure. Mm. And that's why my dad was always mad. Mm. And and then for adults. So for adults, what we do is uh, when we get rejected or when we get kind of pushed away and things like that, research has actually found that that triggers the same circuits in the brain that is for pain, Mm. for physical pain. So for adults, we have that logical side to us. That part of our brain is developed. And what we do is we now move to, I'm a logical person. I can ignore this. I can shove this down deep inside me and I don't have to deal with it. But what we don't realize is that relational pain, relational hardship, it actually changes the way our brain fires. It changes the way our brain Mm. operates, even if we're not aware of it. And so we keep moving forward thinking that we will relationally heal and emotionally heal. But really what we're doing is just ignoring our entire self changing to where we can't operate well anymore. And Hmm. so that's why relational baggage is so impactful because from a kid to an adult, it's some of the most impactful things because it rewires who we are and how we relate and how we feel. Well, that was a great show. Thank you guys so much. If you want to support the the show, the debrief, we'll see you next week. You can text to give. I feel like I understand you so much better just based on what he shared. Yeah. Mm. Well, I've always thought one side of your brain <laughs> was 
more functional than the it's other. Probably, it's probably true. Mm. Well, no, excellent foundation. Uh, the series has been going great, and we've got a lot of questions that came in over the last couple of weeks as we started talking about baggage, so let's get into it. So here's one from Leah or Leah. I'm, hopefully I'm not adding to your relational baggage by mispronouncing your name. Leah. 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 I like Princess Leah. Okay, there we go. This past week, your message really inspired me to look at my life's baggage and how it could feel like we are carrying it everywhere we go. Relational baggage is something I've struggled with, letting bad relationships carry some type of weight in my life. Any insight on how to repack or let go of my relational hurts? Yeah, I mean, so that's something that you know, you need to work out with a counselor. So the challenge with a counselor is they're only operating with the information you're giving them. And so that's why community is so helpful, people that know you. Because sometimes what we're putting off on everyone else is actually something that we're, that we're doing, right? So anytime I hear, you know, someone has multiple issues and, and baggage with multiple people, my, my first concern is always what's the common denominator there. So mm-hmm. be willing to look at yourself. What What is there something that, that I'm doing? We can all learn from broken relationships. That's what I think what's really helped me maybe the last 10, 12 years of my life is, wow, that really hurt. What can I learn? Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, stop, don't ask why this week. Ask mm-hmm. what. What does Jesus want me to learn? And so all relationships are dysfunctional. Um, what I would encourage you to do is enter into relationships with people who are committed to being authentic and real. And um, because if they're, if they're not willing to do that, they're not awake. You, you can't have a functioning relationship with somebody that's asleep. So um, you, you need to be with somebody that's awake. So what I would say is, maybe try to personally unpack that yourself because you are carrying that around. And so here's what we're doing is like uh, uh, Brett Ryan extraordinaire was sharing, um, right? So we're storing that with us and it's going with us. And so that's the problem is oftentimes when we enter into a relationship, we're assessing the new relationship based upon the experiences from past mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes that's the baggage and we're holding people accountable for sins they've never committed. And that's the challenge. Um, and so we need to be willing to meet new people, new things. Um, you know, I think that's one of the greatest problems in America today is we're separated relationally, but we, th- we, we think we know people. Um, I mean, just constantly, you know, white people think this way, black people think men are this way, women are this way, gay people are this way. And it's just like, you're making a generalization about millions of people, you know, we're, and we're all um, very, very unique in the way that we operate based upon who we are, our age, our gender, our understanding, our philosophy, our beliefs, uh, our experiences, and then our personality, right? I mean, all of that's thrown out the window and there's just huge generalizations. So we need to know people specifically. So ask me Leah's question, the second yeah. part of it. Any insight on how to repack or let go of my relational hurts? Well, p- part of that is, again, like the woman with the well, you've got to come to Jesus and, and just really confess, this hurts, mm-hmm. this is painful. This has wrecked my life um, because Jesus wants to deal with you in that pain and in that suffering. And what's so amazing is after her encounter with Jesus, she instantaneously has a desire to re-engage the very people that have hurt her. That, that, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's just miraculous there. You know, I think we all tend to, when we're hurt and wounded, isolate, pull away. Then you find yourself at the well alone and I'm going to go when nobody else goes. I don't want to be seen because people aren't trustworthy. They're not safe. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she meets Jesus and she's running right back to the community that wounded her and the community that hurt her. Mm-hmm. You have to think in the ancient world, most people never left their hometown. You know, she probably never, especially as a woman, she never traveled, certainly as a single woman, she's not traveling really anywhere because economically she's trapped. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whatever whatever the township of Sikar was there, her community, you know, um, it, it, it's relatively small and, um, you know, I mean, literally no more than a few hundred people potentially or, or, or a thousand. Um, so, so I just think that that's really, really important. So bring it to Jesus. And um, I think that there's two sides to confession with Jesus. One is, God, here's what happened to me. And then two, here's how I've responded to that. I think a lot of us focus on the wounding, but not what the wounding's done, done to us. Because I've noticed in my life that the sin I've committed against others, my wife, my kids, is often in response to the sin that's committed against me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're saying, I'm sure you've heard it, Brett, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. So it's 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 looking at that. And so here's the beauty in that process is of looking at what you've done is it gives you grace for others because you're like, oh, well, I did that for myself. So, um, and I think grace is the key that that unlocks healing. So, so that's what I would do is begin to uh, uh, figure that out. The next is go to soul care and don't be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. Um, and um, yeah. you, got, you got any advice or thoughts on that for Leah? 
No, I think what you said was great. Um, Good. That means you can come back next week. So, because <laughs> if you disagree with me, you know, you're yeah. out. Right? Can you yeah. even kind of explain like how soul care here works and what yeah. our whole approach is? Yeah. So, soul care is about caring for people's souls over the solution. So, it's about helping people engage the Lord in these tough times, just like you're saying, Pastor Matt, is that a lot of times people run away from God or isolate in these moments when what they really need to do is run towards God and run towards healthy people. So, mm-hmm. if unhealthy people, cause the damage, healthy people are gonna help repair the damage. Right. Um, and God uses the community through that and mm-hmm. community groups and soul care and things like that. Um, and I think what you said was was excellent is that, you know, emotions are indicators. They're indicator lights for us on our dashboard to let us know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to ignore them. We need to engage them, not be led by them, but engage them and bring them before the Lord and before our community. Yeah, mm-hmm. amen. Pastor Matt, you said something really interesting in the start of that. Can you talk about the difference between awake and asleep? You talked about that in the beginning of Leah's question. Yeah, I mean, and so, and so that's the problem. You know, like, um, you know, some of us have, you know, parents that you, you desperately want to engage, but they're not, they're not awake. They're, they're not awake to um, what they've done or, or they're not open to conversation. Or some of us are married to a spouse that's not awake. And uh, so you're going to have to do a lot of your healing journey on your own. You're going to have to engage a healing process apart from the person that's hurt you or wounded you. And, um, you know, here's the beauty about God is Jesus was able to engage this woman healing apart from the people that had wounded her. So he identifies some of them, five husbands and one man. So six men have, have wounded you. Um, clearly there was more spoken about than what we have because she says, come meet the man who told me everything I ever did. So this was a conversation, um, you know, and we don't have all of it because we don't need all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's her story. So we can, here's the good news. We can heal. We can improve relationships apart from another person person being awake. And a part of that's just, okay, I can't engage that person with where they are. So that that's what I mean. Some people, um, you know, they're clueless as to what they're doing that is, you know, offensive or is hurtful or is painful. There are some people who can't apologize, who will never say, I'm sorry. So the, here's the good news is your healing is not limited to their uh, you know, awareness or awakeness to the fact that they're hurting people. You can, and, and again, once you do that, okay, this person's not awake, you know, um, and it, it gives you grace for them while they're sleepwalking. And so, mm-hmm. and you can pray, okay, Lord, waken them, uh, something happened in their life, but some people, man, they sleepwalk their whole life. So, so that's what I would say is, is this person, um, you know, this is a tension between my wife and I, my wife and I's high one feels the need to confront and challenge everyone. My three is, is this going to be successful or not, right? So neither one of those are always healthy gauges. But really, both of us have to say, okay, is this person going to hear this? You know, is, is this person going to, um, you know, listen to what I have to say? And so I like to speak truth into people's life who, A, have asked me for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you didn't ask me for it, then I, I, I'm not going to waste my time. It's going to frustrate you. It's going to frustrate me. So So that's just what I do. I mean, you know, do people do people want to hear what you know? Have a conversation. Are they open to that? Uh, are they mature enough to be able to say, yeah? Because the reason people don't own their stuff is they're insecure. They're insecure and they're immature. We all hurt people. We all make mistakes. We all say things that we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. We're sinners from the time we wake up till the time we go to sleep. That's why the world is broken and the way that it is. Because we just, in spite of our efforts to get along and be nice and be kind, we struggle every single day. So some people are just not going to own what they do, mm-hmm. um, you know. So so th- that's what I mean by they're asleep. They're not awake to the impact their decisions, thoughts, and words have on other people. They're just not aware of that. They're asleep to what they do. Mm-hmm. We as a church, we want to be awake. Um, and I've been in small groups where, you know, I've been in a group with very, very healthy people, and they're just not ready to own what they're doing. And you can beat you can beat your head. You can get upset. You can you know, and or, or you just accept it and say, okay, when they're ready, I'm here and I love them and I care for them. But the relationship, if someone's not awake, it's stuck. It's stuck at a point and you can't move forward. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is you have to make the commitment to move forward. What what is God teaching me? What is God teaching me about what I'm asleep to? What am I missing? What am I not doing? And um. You know, I think that's a painful process. I think we're all deeply afraid that we've contributed somehow to the unhealth. Well, we have. Mm-hmm. We have. I mean, uh, you know, Brett knows this. I mean, counselors and therapists are often some of the most dysfunctional people I've ever met. It's 
you know, true. counseling is a great place to hide, you know, if mm. you're a little socially off. I mean, it's just, <laughs> right? Um, you know, just because you're a doctor, a medical doctor doesn't mean you're healthy. <laughs> just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you're spiritual. Just because you're a police officer doesn't mean you follow the law. You see what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. we oftentimes we, con- we, con- we confuse profession for health. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. no, uh, you were good at taking a test or you just got this job. So, <laughs> so we, we, we need to be aware of that. And, and that's the thing is, you know, many pastors that I meet, right? A shepherd is supposed to care for their flock or some of the most socially dysfunctional people, but man, they know Greek and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Nobody in our church speaks it. So you know, can you engage with them in English? And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> that, that's what I would say is, is we all need to be awake. And that's why Jesus says, first pull the log out of your eye, then help your brother with the speck in their eye. It's not that that's not there. It's that the most difficult thing to do is to notice this glaring object in you that you don't see. Um, you know, I'm watching, you know, my kids are, are growing and, and they're maturing. And two of my daughters, two of my, my only two daughters, but two of my three children are adults. And I'm watching them. I'm like, oh no, they have, they have some of my stuff, you know? Um, so the, the positive side is, right, they're strong, they're powerful people, they're clear. Um, they vocalize whatever they see as wrong. Their weakness is they don't see themselves. Like they're not seeing, you know, and that's how I was. And it wasn't really until about 26 years old when your brain is fully developed <laughs> that I awakened to, I've really got some stuff to work on in my life, despite the fact that I am talented, I am gifted, I am usually morally good, right? I, I don't steal, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we all, we all know the, the list. I mean, you can, for the most part, accomplish the 10 commandments and still be a real pain in the rear. <laughs> so, um, so and, and, I, and I was, and I just wasn't concerned and caring. And so that, that's what I'm saying is, and so just give everybody, give yourself grace, take a deep breath. We're all growing, mm-hmm. we're all waking up. And so Leah, you know, my prayer for you is that you would wake up to A, what people are doing that's hurting you. B, why are you picking those people in your life? Um, you know, C, what is your part in that process and working through those things? It's not all you, Leah. Let's just say that, right? Mm-hmm. People are, are just as broken as you are, but you're doing some things. You're contributing to that. We don't find ourselves in the same hole over and over and over again simply because of other people, mm-hmm. right? You are the captain of your ship. Take responsibility, steer. Uh, do you steer a boat? Sure. Yes. Yeah, I'm you, not a- You pilot anything. a boat? I'm not a navigator. Yeah. Steer with, your plane, you pilot, pilot a boat plane, with yeah. the steering water wheel. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah. Let's- Pretty very nautically inclined uh, friends, yeah. we're sorry. Head to the starboard <laughs> side and find this next question from Joel. How can we gently motivate our spouses to take steps toward acknowledging and releasing their relational baggage? Yeah, that's really, really difficult and should be done with real caution. What I would say is lead for yourself. Uh, talk about your issues, what you're learning about yourself um, and make it safe uh, for them to do that. Because, okay, even in the context of marriage, you know, um, nobody loves me more in my life than my wife and probably nobody hurts me more in my life than my wife. I mean, that's just the truth. Um, learning to process, um, you know, that rejection. And a, and a big part of that was, I think the first 10 years in our marriage, my wife really didn't think I had feelings because I didn't share them. You know, she, she, she saw me as very robotic, very, very basic. And so, and that's on me because I didn't demonstrate feelings or thoughts. And I, I hid those from her because, right, mm-hmm. I was not awake to myself. Uh, and so part of that is continuing to learn, you know, um, I'm feeling rejected. I'm feeling um, unloved, unseen, unheard. Um, I'm, feel, I'm feeling this. Um, I'm feeling judged. I'm feeling um, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, navigating that constantly and then being willing to hear. And so that's the problem is as soon as you open that up, well, my wife's got a whole list of (laughs) feelings she has of things I'm doing. So, you know, what I would encourage you to do is just constantly learn uh, and and just really celebrate when your spouse becomes awake. Like my wife started reading a a gal by the name of Brene Brown, Mm -hmm. like I think two years ago. And Brene, for whatever reason, reached my wife in ways that no one else has. Now, Brene is, is, I don't think is a Christian, but doesn't mean she's not wise. Uh, there's a lot of people saved and going to heaven, they're stupid. So, um, and there's a lot of brilliant people going to hell. So, you know, you need, you need to be able to figure that out. But Brene began to open some things up, you know, in my wife, you know, Brene gave my wife permission as a high one to express, um, 
fear of, or, you know, I'm not doing it right or I'm crashing. You know, Brene Brown literally gave the words, um, I think, permission to my wife to express like, um, what's the word? I'm having an emotional breakdown. Hmm. So because one's right, you can't, I can't express that yeah. uh, because that's not possible. Um, so you're going to press through despite how you feel. So Brene Brown did that. So just really, you know, um, understanding that and joining mm -hmm. her and processing and not slamming your spouse. You know, I think we're all, we all want our spouse to get 100% of everything and, and just really loving them as they mm -hmm. uh, come along and as they awaken. And the same is truth, you know, for my wife with me is, you know, as I'm aware of, wow, that was really rude. Um, you know, um, being gracious to that. And, and I was rude to her on Sunday night in front of several pastors at the party that we were at. So um, I had to go apologize. So, and Adam actually didn't thank me for that, Pastor of East Valley, because it, it embarrassed him, you know, mm. the way that I responded. And uh, and oftentimes in that situation, when I'm tired, mm. you know, I'm frustrated, it's mm. been a long weekend, I don't respond at my best. Yeah, mm -hmm. go figure, right? And the people that we're, we live with get that. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes the people we love the most get our, get, us the very worst of us and so yeah. th that's what i would say is so so be gentle and and and, and know this you're not your spouse's holy spirit mm -hmm. holy spirit is your spouse's holy spirit let god be god you be the husband you be the wife uh encourage um be very very careful because oftentimes you know when we're real man what we really do is we hurt the process we don't we don't help it because we just shut the person down mm -hmm. um and tammy and i've worked for years in counseling you'll probably laugh at not saying you always and you never, right? Uh, which I fail at constantly uh, because when you use those words, what you're saying is you're no good. Mm -hmm. You know, you, and you got to say when you do this or when you did that it hurt my feelings. Not mm -hmm. for the last 22 years you've. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. woo. yeah. Um, so um, you know, but just lovingly encourage and just and this, let me say this: if you're married, if you don't press into this now, it's only going to get worse later. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, couples that have been married 50, 70 years that have not dealt with their crap, it just stinks more. Mm -hmm. and, and that's sad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, on that note, Sarah sent in a really um, interesting question. She says, I'm struggling with letting go of some major past hurt and pain in my marriage. I know we can't move forward toward a better marriage until I forgive. And as a believer, I know all my sins are forgiven by God. So who am I not to forgive? But this pain is really hard to look past. How do I genuinely let these things go and forgive? How do people start making those steps forward? Yeah, it just depends what it is. And so, um, you know, I think oftentimes in Christian marriages, especially when there's adultery, and I'm not saying that I don't know her case or that's that story, but oftentimes adultery is one of the hardest things to get over. I think we rush sometimes too quickly to restore and we don't think about what that's actually going to take. Mm -hmm. And so I think the natural reaction when a spouse has been unfaithful is, I feel rejected, so therefore I want to be reaccepted. And so then I latch back on and I haven't really thought about what that process means of actually forgiving and releasing. Mm -hmm. And so then what I do is I, I, I beat my spouse up for the rest of our life and I make us both miserable when what we need to do is find, is find healing together. Um, because here's the thing, the cheating spouse doesn't just sin against uh, their partner, they've sinned against themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they have to embrace forgiveness for themselves and they have to release that. I mean, it's right, it's, it's dark for them. And so that's gonna be hard for them to deal with their log in their eye when the spouse can't help them. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it's great. Um, within the context of marriage, I think there needs to be repentance, which is, I own that, I'm sorry, that was wrong, and I will not do that again. Um, because really relationships exist in trust, and without trust, right, we, we, we just can't move forward. And so, um, you know, hopefully her spouse is going to be mature enough to own um, something that they've done or, or, or did. And, um, you know, there's some things, right, where you, you need to work with the church. Is there Has there been abuse, physical abuse, um, I don't think that's something that uh, couples should navigate themselves. The mm -hmm. church needs to be involved. Sometimes the police need to be involved. And so, um, you know, I mean, there's a reason there's court-ordered uh, anger management classes, which we're going to talk about that next week, because some of us need to work on that. And uh, typically when the court says you do, <laughs> it always amazes me when I go to, go to anger management classes. We used to have them at our last campus. And uh, no one in there thought they needed to be in there. <laughs> like, well, the judge thought you needed to be here. So, um you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, you can't fully forgive if you don't fully acknowledge what's happened to you. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people want to move towards this place of, well, I'm just supposed to forgive and forget. I just got to let this go. But real pain, it, it needs to be met with real healing. It needs to be met with a process. It needs to, you know, just because you're working through a healing process doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them. It means that what they did really hurt and yeah. it's going to take some time. And I think Christians, we kind of default on this side of, I'm just supposed to let it go. And yeah. that's that's not the case. You're supposed to heal. And that takes time and it's not a quick answer. And so um, just like you're saying, if if you don't fully acknowledge the pain that's happened to you, you, you can't fully forgive. You only partially, you suppress the rest and then it sticks in your marriage for the next 20 years yeah. until finally it explodes. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the challenges now is that you don't get a break from people that have wounded you. So if you're married to them, you see them every day or you go to the same church, you see them. Or now mm-hmm. that you see them on the internet and your friends like their, and so it's constantly thrown in your face. Um, and, and and I think a big part of the healing is this person who's been bad to me is so kind to these others, mm-hmm. or or at least seems his pain to seems to be so kind or nice to these other people. And they're treating them the way that I wish that they treated me. And so um, that's just really, really hard to navigate because what you've experienced is somebody's worst and you see on the social media, them at their seemingly best. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my wife and I constantly have to talk about, you know, that's the, the internet is fake. Like mm-hmm. the internet is, it's staged, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you pose for a picture, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey guys, stop <laughs> acting the way you are and act this way so I can snap a shot, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's really, really hard. And, and um you know, just for me and my own healing journey, I had to unfollow some people. I just mm-hmm. did because me seeing it every single day was not helpful to to the healing process. Um, and you guys, I think you heard me say, uh, I think, did I call him Voldemort or what did I call him? No. Voltron. Voltron, Voltron. Yeah, 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 Voltron. All of our homeschool parents just freaked out. Oh my gosh, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, uh, Voltron, uh, a Japanese robot character uh, was my evil person because it's, it is not helpful to mention that person's name, but it took me, uh, I think three years to to heal. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I was betrayed and lied to and, and wounded and uh, betrayal is deep mm-hmm. and it hurts bad um, when someone that you love and trust is your assaulter, right? Is your, you know, I mean, I mean, it's just brutal. And, and thank God I've never gone through that in marriage. So it wasn't, Tammy is not Voltron. Just so everybody want, needs to know. Um, but it took me three years to work through that process and, and be able to heal. Because that's the thing, you know, um, Mr. Ryan that I was struggling with was, God, I've, I've come to you. I've, 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 I've literally prayed this prayer for, I think, six months. Lord, forgive, help me to forgive them the way you've forgiven me. Lord, bless them the way you've blessed me. Like, I don't want them to be in prison for the rest of their life. I mean, this person, you know, it was a Christian and a leader and a pastor. I want you to, I want you to utilize their life for ministry mm. and, and to help bring about change. And that was hard for me because I didn't believe that. You know, what I really wanted them was, you know, them to be locked up in a cell, maybe martyred for Jesus, you know? Mm. Uh, I mean, it was, I had some really dark mm. thoughts, some really, really ugly thoughts. And so, um, you know, God, get me to that point where I can forgive you them as you've forgiven me. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could say it was instant. It was a process of continually coming back um, to the cross, coming back to Christ. And I, I could just say this, over a period of three years, God healed me, but it was a conviction of, I need to forgive. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna deal with my sin in this process because I can't deal with theirs. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I can't, you know, um, you know, it, it just, it just, it just doesn't work. So I need to deal with my sin in this process. And, um, and again, what did I learn? What did I learn? What did I learn? And yeah. so that helped me, but it was a three year process. Um, you know, if I saw their picture on Instagram or somebody brought their name up, I'd break into a sweat. Mm. It was just, it was just terrible. Yeah. Um, um, Brett, I'm actually curious, you know, as people maybe are starting to think through relationships like this, those areas of pain that maybe they've suppressed, what are some good first steps to start wading into processing the actual pain? of some of that relational hurt. Yeah, yeah, don't ignore the emotion. So like you're saying, I broke into a sweat when I when I saw their picture. Yeah. Many times we we just suppress that down. We go, now nah, I'm fine, that guy's just a jerk. I'm not gonna, you know, mm-hmm. don't ignore the emotion. Um, find healthy people to talk about the things that you're scared to talk about. 
Um, because a lot of times when we start to talk about it, it, it brings all those memories back. It brings all the experience back. And then now it's in the front of our awareness and we can now deal with it, you know, um, mm-hmm. and bring it before the Lord. And I think what you're saying, Pastor Matt, is involve God in it. I, I, I've sat with so many people in soul care where they tell me these just her- horrific stories, these very sad stories, and it breaks my heart to watch what they've gone through. And then when I ask them, I say, how, how does the Lord walk with you in this? And they kind of look astonished and go, well, I haven't really brought that to the Lord, mm. you know, and it, in years, years of pain, yeah. you know, and, and bring the Lord into that and just allow him to walk with you. In it. Yeah. And again, that's why guys, I've probably preached on John four more than any other passage in 20 years at Sandals. And you're going to hear it again because we all just need to circle back to that well mm-hmm. and circle back and just go back to those words, you know, John 4, 1, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, he stepped into the relational, racial, uncomfortable to meet us where we are in our woundedness. And it didn't just bring healing in her life, but her community's life. Mm-hmm. So as you begin to process your relational baggage, it doesn't just have positive impacts for you, but for your kids. You know, my wife and I have talked about that so many times. I've had to stop and say, our kids don't have our issues mm-hmm. because the Lord has helped us with our baggage. So, um, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good thing. And so, you know, we've been blessed in that. And so, um, it's just a miracle, but you know, a part of it is we don't know how to involve God in our lives, so we don't know how to involve God in our pain. And again, um, you know, I know a lot of you listeners, you never, you never and this is why it drives me crazy. Some of you go to small group, you never do the question, do the questions. Like, if if you want to change your life, mm-hmm. go to your community group this week and say, we're going to go through these questions. We're going to work through these questions. And the reason you don't is because it's easier to talk about all the dumb stuff you did in your week rather than what what God wanted to do in your life on the weekend. Mm. The next thing you need to do is work through this this spiritual formation process at the end. Mm -hmm. Most of our, I bet 90% of our church doesn't even read that last paragraph on their notes. Mm -hmm. And that is you and your time with God inviting him to the place where you are. And you've got to do that. And let me just tell you, if you begin the process of doing that, your life will change. Mm -hmm. If you continue to do it on your own, and exclude God from that process, you're gonna be right where you are in 10 years. Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, um, it's just so important that we all involve God, invite God into our process. Cause that's the thing about God is he doesn't force himself upon us. Mm-hmm. We have to invite God, say God, right? That's what an invocation is, inviting God. God, mm-hmm. be a part of this. If you don't know what invocation is. That's uh, like the prayer before. The prayer before we begin our worship, God, we're inviting you to be a part of this process. We're inviting you into our lives mm-hmm. um, because God does not force himself. So, yeah. And if you guys want either of those, if you're not normally with us on the weekends, you can find those on the Sandals Church app. Um, in any of our note sections, you'll see both those discussion questions and that personal reflection guide. They're incredible. So if you happen to throw away your notes after a weekend in person or you're not with us on the weekends, check out the Sandals Church app to get those. They're incredible. Okay, so we've got another question from Bethany. She says, I'm trying to let go of a friendship with Brett Ryan. She <laughs> usually honestly, happens. No, Bethany says, I'm trying to let go of a friendship. She's a Christian, but has a lot of selfish tendencies. I've talked to her about it before, but she hasn't changed. The friendship has only been increasingly hurting me, so I've decided to let the friendship go quietly in hopes of not burning any bridges with her and our shared friendships. Hmm. Am I doing the right thing? And if so, how can I allow myself to heal from this decision? Yeah, I mean, right, there's loss. So the first thing I would do is is double back, make sure that you, you know, you've owned your contribution to this process. Um, you know, uh I, I think we oftentimes, and I know Brett and I have had to work through this. We we and Brett's a professional, even when we think we've been clear. Uh, right. <laughs> um we think we were clear, but the person receiving it wasn't clear. And so um, you know, <laughs> we've yeah, we, we've had to work through, you know, just major, major, like you, you need to say these words, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I want to continue this friendship if these things don't change. I love you and I care about you and I would love you in my life, but I can't go forward if this is where we're going to be. And um, then you have to gauge, are they, are they at a place where they can even handle that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I th- and just so you know, it's okay to have casual friendships. We don't have to be deeply, intimately involved with everyone we see. It's okay to have just casual friends. 
Not every friend needs to be deep, needs to be intimate, needs to be 100% real. Like we're, we're called to be kind to everyone. We're called to be loving to everyone. You know, we're called to be good neighbors with everyone. There are a, a selective group people that we walk with that care about us, that love us, that we love them. And there's just a special, unique thing. And what I would say is this person is not there. I think you're gonna grieve the loss. Mm-hmm. You, you wish it was something better because there's probably some really great things about this person. And you're like, oh man, if we could just work through this, man, it would be great. But we can't work through this uh, either because of your part or their part or both of your parts or whatever. And, um, you know, sometimes friendships end, you know. Um, I used to try to hang on to a lot of my friendships from my childhood. And um, it takes two, mm-hmm. you know, it takes, it takes, you, you got to have somebody on the other end. And, and I just had to let those go. I mean, so I don't go to my high school reunions anymore. I just, I just don't go. I mean, I, I worked at, I, I tried to stay in contact. I think that's important. And yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it takes two and, and, and we, and we've grown apart and, and, and we've grown other ways. And so, um, you know, that, that's what I would say is yes, it's okay, but you need to make sure that you've owned your part in that process because there could be something that you're doing that's not allowing that person to be real and to be open. Don't be afraid to own your crap. Just mm-hmm. don't. It's so much easier to blame everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's just so much easier than to, to than to look at your own stuff and say, okay, what have I done in this? Um, you know, Tammy and I have never gotten in a fight where I'm just overwhelmed with my part in her hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we get in huge fights because we're both yelling at each other and we're both pointing out each other's flaws. That's that's where the fight is. It's never because wow, man, I've 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 really sinned against you, babe. I'm really sorry. Or she said, you know, honey, I'm just really sorry that I, you know, that those don't cause fights. That actually usually brings about intimacy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that that's why it's so important. You got any thoughts? Yeah, I think um, what you're saying is so true, and I I think clear communication is key. And what I found when being with people that don't hear me is I'll ask questions like, I'm wondering, you know, um, would you just hear me say? Because it seems like you're reacting differently than I thought you would. And then people will say something and it's not at all what I just said. It's Mm -hmm. because they're in such an unhealthy place. And so, and then keep boundaries. So a lot of us feel bad when we start to separate those unhealthy relationships Mm -hmm. and those feelings of sadness and loss and guilt, it makes us go back to what we didn't want. Mm -hmm. So, hey, we can't be friends anymore, but then we see them and we feel bad. Gosh, I might've hurt their feelings. And so then we go, hey, let's hang out again. And then it's just a repetitive cycle. And so set boundaries and keep those boundaries if it's really unhealthy. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And one of our most popular questions that we get, you know, every couple of months is, you know, how do we do this with family members? What if there's a family member who's hurt us, who we need to cut out of our lives? What does it look like to maintain those boundaries? Is it even okay to cut those people out of your life? How do you do that when it's a family member? Yeah, absolutely. Of course it is. Um, you know, sometimes it's our family members who've wounded us the most, especially in the case where someone's been abusive, uh, someone's molested you. Um, it's not uncommon for the family to rally around the molester or, or the, uh, the um, person that's um, done the abuse because right? Families don't want to acknowledge that there's evil within the castle. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier to isolate the victim many times than it is to deal with the perpetrator. And so, which is terrible because oftentimes that person is molesting many, many people. Um, And and I just think it's okay. You know, mom, dad, I would love to be at this family event. However, you know, you guys have made the choice to invite this person. And what that means is I won't be there. So I love you. And that's hurtful because your parents or your aunts, your uncles or, or whatever, um, you know, absolutely. Um, it, it's okay. It's okay to honor your mother and father from afar, mm. right? You can, um, you know, you can appreciate the, the gorilla from outside the cage. You don't need to get in with the gorilla as it rips your arms off. Yeah. And you're like, oh, why God does this keep happening? Well, you got in the cage with the gorilla. Yeah. One thing I was just thinking about is uh, sometimes the distance actually helps you mm-hmm. honor or love someone yeah. better because you're not as close to the pain or, or, or whatnot. So that stepping mm-hmm. away can be better in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we all need to have healthy boundaries. Justin and there's Hardy, a great yeah, expert there, on staff. There's a great book. <laughs> I think I mention it every time by Cloud and Townsend. It's called Boundaries. Mm-hmm. And everybody should read that because we don't have that. And so uh, many of the friendships and relationships that are supposed to fill us, exhaust us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's part of the whole Sabbath thing. And, you need to rest and, and go back to the week before, the more rested you are, the better decisions you're gonna make. 
uh, the better friendships you're gonna have, the better intimacy you're gonna have, with your, the better parent you're gonna be. So much of our relational sin goes right back to the principle that we don't Sabbath, we don't stop. Uh, and that's why male and female servants, that's why hired hands, foreigners living among, everybody rests so everybody has some space. Uh, yeah, some space to better handle each other and the difficulties of life and, and the, the uniqueness of relationships. And, um, you know, I mean, even, even the women amongst you, it says, so they get a break from cooking and care and doing all of those things in the ancient world. So when we're in Israel, everything is cooked and prepared on Friday. And like, there's no, there's no, there's no scrambled eggs on Saturday morning. It's boiled eggs. Mm -hmm. Everything has been prepped and prepared. Not even no toasters or you have to do instant coffee. It's terrible. Mm. But uh, that should be a sin. That's where I'm like, Lord, surely we can have coffee mm. on the set. Surely. Pastor Brett Ryan, because you're an expert in dealing with relational baggage, I'm wondering if you could tell us what's the most painful relationship you've had to cut out of your life. I'm just, you don't <laughs> have like, to. Oh, man. <laughs> or was, it, was, it, was it Justin? Yeah. 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 It was it's really about hard. No, we're working yeah. on boundaries over here on our I side of the table. Yeah. She's not following them right now. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's slowly leaning further and further and further away from Justin. Exactly. Right <laughs> I'll follow you, buddy. I'll follow you. Okay, we've got one last question coming in from Mila. She says, I have been struggling to get rid of some baggage. My boyfriend and I of two years just broke up. Well, she didn't say just broke up. My boyfriend and I of two years broke up, but I'm still in love with him. Mm. We started off as friends, and now he basically tries to avoid me and shows no concern for me at all. He attends my campus and is in my community group, and Ugh. it hurts to see him. I struggle every day questioning what I did because he refuses to have a conversation with me. Mm. I pray every day for him to change, have a change of heart towards me or for my heart to find comfort in God's plan, but I still can't seem to shake this pain. Yeah, my first question is I wonder if he had sex with him. Mm. That's my first question. So uh, and maybe that's not the question you want to hear, but uh, oftentimes when couples can't distance themselves from them, what they've done is they've united physically and that's why they can't they can't move on mm -hmm. and so again all you singles out there who think you know better and you, you think you know more than god about relationships who's existed for all eternity father son holy spirit right he he is an eternal relational god that's who he is you think in your whatever your 17 23 years of experience you know more than god mm -hmm. god says emotional intimacy or, uh, comes first, then there's sexual intimacy after there's a public declaration. Hey, we're gonna be together and we're gonna work this out. So I, I don't know that if you have or you haven't, mm -hmm. but here's what I would say, get a new community group. Mm -hmm. Maybe go to a new campus, mm -hmm. right? You, you go to a church with, uh, how many campuses? Nine? Nine. 14? Nine. Yeah, we got lots of okay, locations. Nine. We got nine campuses. Go to another campus, get out of there. Mm -hmm. You're torturing yourself, mm -hmm. but maybe you want to, you know? And so, um, you know, we don't know his side. We don't know what's happened. Um, but what I would say is, um, a lot of ladies, man, they think that being a victim or just just um, making themselves like, what what do I need to be? I mean, that actually makes guys not attracted mm -hmm. to you. Guys like the chase. Be elusive. Be strong. Go out on your own. That makes you more appealing. What what you know? You want to make yourself unappealing? Be super needy. And that's right. What have I done wrong? I just don't understand. We need to have this conversation. The best way to get his attention is to ignore him and go your own way and be a strong, independent woman because that's what guys find attractive. You know, that's that, that's what they find attractive. And I'm sorry that that, that hurts. Really, you know, I, I shared this weekend, my girls are starting to date and that's what scares me to death is mm -hmm. if these relationships don't work out, I know their hearts will be damaged. Mm. Mm. It, it, it just happens. I mean, it hurts. It does not feel good. Um, I don't think our... Our bodies were designed to fall in love and be rejected. I just, I don't think God made us that way. I mean, there's just, mm -hmm. you know, for most of human history, there was a courting process that was in place where, you know, usually you got the no on the front end. Mm -hmm. So, so, so the rejection was minimal. And so, you know, um, you know, you would say, Hey, I, I have feelings for you. I would, I'm interested in courting you. I would like, and nope. So it's, mm -hmm. there's like one letter, but there's not this. Built we, an entire relationship. Yeah, we've been together two years and, and now I'm out. That's just almost unheard of for, mm -hmm. for most of human history. And nowadays, you know, people, and again, it's just this whole idea that something better is available. You know, like my grandpa dated Flo because she was the only option in his town. Yeah. He went with the Flo, <laughs> you know, right? Um, literally the only girl in his class of his grade, you know, they're married 71 years. So, um I, I, we we think options are healthy, and I think mm -hmm. oftentimes it just it just hurts us, man. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so yeah. I, I'll just be praying for you, but just just know that 
man, relationships hurt, breakups hurt. Mm -hmm. That's normal. That's the process. And, um, you know, I would be really concerned about you going back to him because Mm. if he's going to do this once, he'll probably do it again. So, um, you know, and again, we don't have his side. He didn't, he didn't submit a question. Mm -hmm. So, but, uh, that, that, that's my concern for you. Um, but again, now here's what's going to happen is the wound from this guy, the next guy is going to inherit. Mm-hmm. So that that's what that's what sucks about baggage is the guy that does love you, the guy that is committed to you, the guy that is faith. He's going to have to carry that bag, mm-hmm. that wound, until you offer it up to the Lord. You feel those emotions. Yes, this really hurt. Um, you know, and unfortunately, you probably have friends that say, "Get over it, move on." And well, if you could, you would. Yeah. So um, what what you need right now is space, space yeah. from him. Um, yeah, and, that's that's huge. I feel like yeah, my number one thing. I remember like a breakup I went through like when we like had the conversation of, Hey, I don't think this is working. Like I let them know, like, we're not going to be friends. Like you mm-hmm. saying that you want to break up with me means we are not continuing this relationship as it is anymore at all. So the whole attempt to be friends, I feel like is just such a, it prolongs yeah. things and it, you need to give some consequences. Like if you're going to break up with me, you've broken up with me Yeah, and I'm mm-hmm. no longer available to you. Um, it's healthier for you. And it's, I think it's healthier for them and it will help you as you move forward in the next relationship so that, if that person, like, if you're struggling, it's not, oh my gosh, well, this is just going to end. It's going to drag on like this. Like, well, like I, when that person broke up with me, like I do not like put up with that. Like we yeah. don't continue. And I think that's, yeah, really you can helpful. be cordial, but you don't need to be in friends yeah, and, be friends. you know, it just, yeah. I mean, that's just the reality. It makes it harder and it mm-hmm. prolongs the pain. It yeah. absolutely does. So the best way to get over an issue is to get some distance. Mm-hmm. And that may be what this guy's doing. I mean, maybe he's hurt. We yeah. don't know his story. You know, I guess mm-hmm. we're, we're assuming he's the, um, He's the wounder here, but we don't know. So yeah. de- definitely he's hurt your heart and, and and that breaks for us. But again, you know, so, so much of what we're, I think a lot of us are missing in the story is what is God trying to teach me? And here's mm-hmm. what God's trying to teach us. We're going to be okay with just me and Jesus in the well. Mm-hmm. And so I may have to sit there for a while. Maybe I'm not going to be here that runs right back into the town, but, but mm-hmm. when I'm wounded... When I'm hurt, when I'm rejected, that's a great opportunity for me to go to the well. And here's the good news. Jesus is there and he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. And it's just sad that we run from the one dude <laughs> that's faithful. Yeah. Mm. The one dude that's honest. The one dude that's clear about what his objectives are. Mm-hmm. I didn't come to judge you. I came to save you. Yeah. I've come to redeem you. I've come, I've come to buy you back. Um, that's God. And, and that's the one person we don't develop a relationship with and we, and we don't invest in but that's the one person we need. And so otherwise you can be like the woman who's married five times. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I talked to this lady in our church um, Sunday. We actually went to Israel together and I, and I don't know her story. And she came up to me, she said, you need to know my story, Pastor. And I was like, what? She said, I haven't been married five times, but I was married three times. Mm-hmm. And she said, I realized what I needed was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't, she hasn't gone back to marriage. She's been single for quite some time. She's mm-hmm. like, that's where God's called me. I need to heal. I need to trust him. I need to pursue him. And her life is better. Mm-hmm. Her life is healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, she's involved in a lot of ministries for people in our church who are, who are pursuing guy number six, gal number six. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just doesn't work. It gives that initial rush and satisfaction. Of, Ooh, somebody likes me. Somebody loves me. And um, you know, sexual intimacy is great, but not at the consequence of uh, you know spiritual. Um, I'd say it was sexual intimacy. Sexual intimacy outside of marriage cuts off spiritual intimacy with God. It just does. No other sin affects you the way that that does. And so the one thing you need, that deep, intimate relationship with God. And again, that's why I said there's four is's God is in the Bible. So uh, John 1, God is light. First uh, John, God is love. Uh, Hebrews, I forget what chapter it is. I think it's 11 or 12. Our God is a consuming fire. And then this one, God is a spirit. And so what I think Jesus is saying is he's not a man. Stop worshiping dudes hmm. because that idol is going to punish you for the rest of your life. And, um, you know, just again, stop envying somebody else's life, somebody, you know, somebody else's friendship, whatever somebody else has on Instagram, you know, uh, and start pursuing your relationship with Jesus. And here's the thing. If you're at the well long enough with Jesus, somebody else who loves him is going to show up. Hmm. The 12 disciples show up. And so, you know, those guys are idiots, but they're healthier idiots than anyone else, right? And so that's the thing is, is we, we don't want to wait. We don't want to be patient and, mm-hmm. and, and trust. And, and the truth is many of us are not ready for a good friend. We're not ready for, um, 
a, a spouse, a boyfriend. We're not mature enough mm-hmm. um, because the people that are going to accept us where we're at, where, where we're at are not where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's where a lot of marriages, I think, fail is mm-hmm. we select what's available now, right, rather than waiting. And, and that's the difference between fast food and, and, and a great restaurant, you know. Um, I love my favorite thing to eat is a scratch kitchen. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. So most people don't know this, but almost every restaurant you go to now, it's all microwaved. It's all frozen. Mm-hmm. None of it's fresh. I don't care where you go. Mm-hmm. Um you know, everything is Cinco or uh, American Cisco, Foods, yeah. Cisco, American Foods, nothing is fresh. And so a scratch kitchen is they boiled the potatoes. They whipped the potato, like they, they, everything was made, all, all the sauces and seasonings and the meat is not frozen and it's just wonderful. That takes a little time and it costs a little more money, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, some people just have to have a relationship and that's part of your brokenness. And so that's, what's her brokenness? She thought she had to have a man Mm-hmm. to be happy and it actually made her life hell mm-hmm. to the point where nobody will marry her. And th- and that's what, you know, makes, I think. Just for the record, we're talking about the lady in the Bible, not yeah. you. Not you. Yeah, yeah. But, no, yeah. but what I love about the her story, story in John 4. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, what I love about her story too is after she encounters Jesus, she goes back to her community, yeah. back to all the people that are around mm-hmm. her. Not, it doesn't talk, I'm sure she eventually has to deal with the dude she's living with, but it's not, oh, she went back to the dude she's living with and they had a great relationship. She went back to her community and all of a sudden had a whole group of people rallying around her, following Jesus with her. So as you're processing this, like get into community, like don't feel like you need to run back and solve this one relationship when you can instead go back to your community and really get a bunch of people rallied around you too. So you're not, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. So I think, I think the sin that we commit, and this is why, you know, uh, the 10 commandments are so important. We, we, we violate the first commandment, thou shall have no other gods but me. And for a lot of us, our God is our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our relationship, our best friend. And so we keep going back to that God, wondering why the one true God doesn't bless us. And he's like, you're worshiping the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And God's not gonna bless that, you know? He doesn't bless partial obedience. He, does, he blesses obedience. And when we have him, as God and we worship him, our life is blessed and, and we need to do that. And so that's the thing is, right? Everybody everybody wants, you know, uh, healing, but they only want partial surgery or they, you know, they wanna not finish their medication. Look, if you wanna get well, go to the well mm. and say, God, you know, I mean, I've got a lot, I've got a lot of stuff here that I need to learn. I've got a lot of issues and we all do. We all have a lot of issues, but why, why is it Lord that I keep running to this? Um, you know, that was so helpful to me as a young man with my issues of porn. Why do I keep turning to this? Why do I keep running to this? Well, it's your God. And, and so I need to run to my God, the one true God who loved me and sent his son to die for me on the cross. And when I ran to him, my understanding of how to treat women was different. How I viewed my wife was different. Everything changed. Again, if you want right relationships with people, you need a right relationship with God. The assumption is, that my relationship is right with God. And so part of that is just our confusion as evangelicals. And what I mean by that is non-Catholics about justification, about sanctification, about all, all that process is, um, you know, I've heard one of my favorite pastors yeah, locally, every time he says the word justified means just as if I'd never sinned. And I just cringe every time he says that because what you're communicating to people is that we don't have sin. We do, and it's ugly and it manifests itself in every area of life and we need to deal with that. And the way we deal with that is we run we run to the well and we meet Jesus and we let him deal with our shame, with our fear, with, you know, think of whatever your Enneagram number is. We gotta run to God with that, with my gluttony, with my anger, you know, with my, um, you know, my, my need to avoid pain, right? And so like, if you're a seven, the last place you wanna be is at that, that well, right? Mm. Um, you're just not interested in that. That that's hurtful and that's painful, but that's where healing is. That's where the true ride is. The true joy is is in that place. And um, just just trust that that all healing, right? Jesus Christ is our healer. We've got to run to Him. But man, I've had I've had eight knee surgeries. Uh, Alfredo and I, the campus pastor at Palm, we were actually talking, and he actually did something stupid like you, where you did that swing and you fell and broke both your wrists. Uh-huh. He did something similar, but he fell and he snapped uh, his forearm. I don't know what bone it is that goes from your shoulder to your elbow. He broke that bone and he broke his elbow uh, on a swing like what you did. And we were talking and he said, yeah, yeah, I had this this Indian doctor at Kaiser. And I said, was it Raju? 
I have a personal relationship with Raju and it's a painful relationship mm-hmm. because Dr. Raju had to do some very painful surgeries on me to fix my knee. And, 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 uh, and a lot of people, you know, they won't, they won't fix their knee because it hurts. Mm-hmm. And that's a painful process to walking right. But you want to walk right, you got to go through the pain. And that's the thing is we want, we want the healing without that work, that, that pain, that, that hurt. And so that's why I believe Jesus says to the man at the well, do you want to get well? Mm-hmm. It's going to be hurtful. Are you sure you want that? And a lot of people don't understand that. But when you're crippled, you didn't have to work. You begged. You lived off the work of other people. Are you sure? Are you sure you want your career to be over of sitting here and moaning and acting like you know? Is that what you want? Boom. And then he's well. But there's a painful process. Now I've got to learn to support myself. I'm a grown man. I don't have a career, right? There's there's a lot of things there that we need to deal with. And so I just guys, I I, I get I get so frustrated, you know, with our church because for so many of us, being real is a slogan. Mm. And it needs to be a way of life. And this is with staff members, pastors, people that have been a part of our church. Be real with yourself. God, help me not to deceive myself. Let me understand the truth. God, what am I missing here? Because we're all missing a lot. And um, you're gonna have such a better life. If you can see yourself clearly, you will begin to see others clearly. And you'll learn how to, to choose friends. You'll learn how, you know, um, like early on in my life, I would pick friends who were like me. I can't stand people who are like me. <laughs> you know, like so on the Enneagram, I love hanging out with fives because they don't talk at all. They let me talk. <laughs> and then when I'm done talking, it's just quiet. It's wonderful. You know, so that that's just the way that, that it is. And so, you, you know, you, you, you've got to do that because one Matt Brown's a lot to handle. So, and I can't even handle him on my own. So, but I had to, I had to do real business with myself and be like, okay, I'm initially, I'm drawn to people like me, you know, that are like the Tasmanian devil, right? It's just like, but that's exhausting. Hmm. And so I I can't always be that way. So I've got to give myself time to heal, to rest, um, to hang out. And, um, and you got to do that. So just again, be real, be real, be real, be real with yourself. They're your bags. Hmm. They're your (laughs) bags. And, you know, you can't take them with you to heaven if you do. Right there's that whole weigh-in station. <laughs> hey Justin, wow, you got a got a U-Haul here, buddy. What are we gonna do with that? Right. So we got we got to deal with them now, and 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 we all have it. We all have it. So, mm-hmm. any thoughts, PRD? You look like oh, I want to get some from Pastor Brett. Yeah. Uh, I think we should mm-hmm. like dive deep into your well of relational baggage insight before we part ways with our wonderful family for the week. Yeah, I Pastor Matt, I think you're just right on the money with that. Be real with self, like that. You know, that's one of the things I just absolutely love about sandals. But there was something you told us as the pastors, as you always kind of mentor us and help us, is that we have to be real with self, but we got to have an awareness of where other people are at when they're telling us certain things. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes what we do is we think others have it all together and we're the only messed up one in the room. Right. right. And so we look at a relationship that's ended and we go, well, he's doing great. I'm the one that's messed up. Yeah. I, I'm the one that. I did something wrong and that's why he's not talking to me, but maybe he just sucks at ending relationships, <laughs> Yeah, right? Maybe he has his own crap that he's going through mm-hmm. and no one's calling him on it. And so he's avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times in life, we do this with relationships. We do this, especially at work relationships. If someone comes in, they look unhappy and what do we automatically do? What did I do? Yeah. Did, mm-hmm. did I miss something? Did mm-hmm. I miss an email? You know, for our spouses, you know, mm-hmm. did I say something? What, you know, all of us guys, we kind of do that like five finger check. Yeah. Like, did I do this? Did I do it? Yeah. Okay, I did that. Oh, okay. Um, but other people have baggage. They have crap that they're working through. And we don't say that word on this show. There's oh. children who listen in the car. Yeah. They have difficulties that they deal yeah. with. Yeah. They have things they deal with, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Pastor Matt said yeah. way worse. I was going to say, Pastor Matt said it, but I'm, I'm going to take the direction. <laughs> Thank you, know, you. Because I have stuff. You know, but <laughs> but we all have stuff and, mm-hmm. and what others are dealing with ninety percent of the time have nothing to do with us. Yeah. And and so if we can be real with ourselves, we can have that honest check of, man, he, he's not talking to me anymore, but I, I'm right with God, I'm right with my community. Maybe he's just going through it. So I'm just gonna pray for him and I'm gonna keep moving forward. And so we gotta stop allowing others and their baggage to dictate who we are in Christ and who we are for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's the big lesson for Tammy and I. We had a, a big talk when we were in Louisville two years ago. 
And I, if I could go back and talk to 27-year-old Matt Brown who planted Sandals Church, I would say lean on God um, and love people. Mm-hmm. What I did is I leaned on people and thought I could just, you know, love God. And I was like, whoa, I got to lean, lean, lean on him because he's he's stable. Mm-hmm. And and man, what, you know, Sandals isn't built on people. It's built on Jesus and he's stable. It's his church. And people come and they go and they say they're going to do this. And they like Jesus, whenever he says, I'm going to do something, he always does it. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. always comes through. And so I need to understand what has he said he's going to do. And I, and I need, but, but the only way I do that is by getting to know him at the well. And so again, man, there's so much in that story that's so good. He says, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. What does he say? He said, you don't know God at all. Mm-hmm. You don't have a clue. Yep, Jews are idiots, but they know a little more than you do. And so a lot of us, man, I see this all the time. You know, people say, well, I'm so angry at God. That's because you know very little about the one that you worship. Mm. Um, it's not God who's screwed up. It's not God who's failed. It's not God who didn't come through, mm. right? Mm. God is faithful. He, he is. And, 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 and if we're angry with God, it's because we've misunderstood a promise. Mm. So what we think is God's our genie and he just shows up and fixes everything in our life. No, that's what an unhealthy mom does, mm. right? An unhealthy mom blocks everything so that you don't ever have to deal with consequence, but we grow through consequence. We grow through suffering. And um, I think about the most painful breakup I've been through in my life was with a personal friend. It was the most helpful experience, helpful thing in my life for being a leader. Mm-hmm. And I, it hurts so bad, but it helped me um, to realize that, you know, I had not shared things. And, and here's why most people are a mess because nobody ever tells them the truth. People are terrified, terrified. Nobody's ever said, literally my wife was the first person when I was 26 years old. I said, why does everyone in the world think I'm awesome but you? And what she said was, no one knows the real you but me. But that's partially true. But really what's true is no one was willing to speak the truth like she was because no one was invested in me. Like people people didn't like me. People, I was always a very polarizing figure you know, and if you're not careful, you end up Donald Trump. Yeah, he does some great things, but man, the guy is clueless to how he's received. Mm-hmm. Like his, you know, it just, it makes me sad. And think about how much better the world would be if he was more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Well, even if you're a Republican, the, world's a, the world is a much better place if he's a more self-aware per- person of how people receive him. Um, so... That's just the thing, all of us, right? You know, we have that part of our personality that's just so offensive and so unhealthy and so not reliable. Um, and, and according to the Enneagram, you know, there's reasons why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. You're afraid, you wanna avoid, you wanna maintain gluttony. You know, you, I mean, there's right, there, there's all kinds of reasons for why we do what we do, but ultimately if we come to the well and we surrender to Jesus, man, we're gonna be a much healthier person. And here's what I would say, bring your baggage to Jesus, bring it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably not a day in my life where I don't say, God, here, here. And unfortunately, oftentimes it's the same piece of package. <laughs> like, Lord, I thought I gave that to you on Tuesday, but here it is again. Mm-hmm. Here it is, Lord. And just keep giving it to him because it weighs you down. It slows you down. Hebrews 12, one and two, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin that so easily entangles us, Right? Uh, or everything that so easily entangles, especially the sin that slows us down. Mm. Whoa, right? That's two believers. That's two Christians. And so we all have that. We all have baggage. We all have hurt. And, um, you know, the church is a beautiful place when we all recognize what a wreck I am. Mm-hmm. Think about how worship's different. Think about how different the sermon is when we all come with an assumption. You know, the, uh, the sermon on Sabbath, I don't know if you guys heard our pastor's sermon. <laughs> it wrecked me, man. It wrecked me because I do not Sabbath well. Mm. I, I, that's, that's not even a truth. I am very sinful when it comes to Sabbath. I do not stop. Um, and so a, a lot, my Sabbath is on Fridays and I do a lot of my hospital visits and my makeups on Fridays, mm. right? So that's God's day. So imagine like if, if we treated our children the way that we treat God. Hey, on, on, uh, on Friday, Brett, um, it's me and you. But then on Friday, I scheduled an appointment. Like, think about what that does to a kid. Now it's what I do to God. 
And so here's the thing that's so crazy is Christians think God understands. And he doesn't. You're sinning against me. And it ticks God off. And it makes you worse. It makes you worse. Mm-hmm. Stop. You know, we're, we're, we're so convinced that the American way is the way. It's not the way. It's not. Stop, mm-hmm. stop, 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 stop. That way you can work six days, you know? So, so that, that, that was for me. And, and my fatigue leads directly to my relational baggage. Mm-hmm. I am not the husband I need to be when I'm not rested. I am not the father I need to be when I'm not rested. I'm not the pastor I need to be when I'm not rested. I, I, I carry more bags when there's bags under my eyes. I just do. Mm. And um, right. So these things all work together. Mm. They all work together. Um, you know, it's interesting when you look at the 10 commandments, the principle of the Sabbath comes before how you treat other people. Mm. It's the fourth commandment before we ever get to don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't covet. Like it comes before that. And that's why we need God because we're more likely to do the right thing when we're rested. Mm. So, yeah. Well, we want to help you continue to deal with your relational baggage, Pastor Matt. So thank you for the rest of this series. We're going to have resident expert on staff, Pastor Brett Ryan extraordinaire, continue to join us for (laughs) the baggage series. Listen, you're going to start to become a friend of the show here. So before we close, let's just go around the table really quick and each share one fun fact about Brett Ryan Extraordinaire. Ready, Stephanie? Fun fact. Oh, I, I got a oh, great boy. one. Oh, he's about to go on vacation to Disney World. Oh, I'm excited for him. okay. There you go. Yeah. He is the most hilarious snowboarder I've ever <laughs> snowboarded with. So he's a he's a little like he has his crazy button is like like comes out snowboarding. I actually saw him fall off a chairlift, land headfirst into the snow, and I thought he was dead. <laughs> it's true. Thank God your your feet were wiggling. It was so bad. Like if you've ever on, been on a ski lift and you wonder why it stopped for so long, Brett Ryan is the that answer. Was probably Brett Ryan's yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're so fun, dude. I had more fun watching you crash than I did snowboarding. It was more fun. It was a blast. Was I don't know so what that has fun. to say about him. Uh, you're a huge hockey fan. Big fan of the Anaheim Ducks. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say LA Kings. Oh. LA Kings. Oh. Huge no. Kings fan. Ontario yeah. Rain loves him up as well. <laughs> All right, you guys, great show. Some more baggage is going to be continued to dealt with for two more weeks. That's right. Before we get to that 40 Days of Faith, we want to have you guys keep coming in. What what kind of, what are we talking about next week? If people want to send in their questions in anger. advance. Anger. We're talking about anger, and then we're wrapping this up with shame. So if you are struggling in any of those areas, please, please, please send in your questions. We'd love to get them on the show. Mm-hmm. My, shame make, not, my shame makes me angry. Okay, I was going to say, say it's not pretty related. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah. just send in all my own questions and make up <laughs> fake names with them. Yeah. All these questions are coming in from Brett Ryan. Justina. Justina. Who's Bernie? Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Love you guys. And we'll see you in the future. The future is now. Now.